everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bruins Tape to Tape. I'm Caroline. Uh, it is January 30th, our 19th episode, and I am joined by my favorite co-host, Maria. Hi, Maria. Hello, Carolyn. Hello, everyone out there. Lots of uh, lots of good stuff to be uh, talking about where our Boston Bruins are concerned. I know. I can't believe that we are now on the other side of the hill. It's going to be ramping up very quickly as a downhill run goes, uh, as we race to the playoffs. Uh, we are facing the all-star break as we speak. And there's still plenty to talk about. Yeah, we've hit the midway point of the season. Um, you know, the Bruins have uh, a little bit extra, little bit extra time off here, which is uh, much needed, much deserved. Yeah. Because as soon as the All Star break is over, uh, do they have a crap schedule? <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, it's. It's they're going to be running on all cylinders and they're going to need everybody to stay as healthy as possible because you're absolutely right. The Bruins have 10 days off. Um, you know, today is uh, the 30th. Uh, the All-Star game isn't until this weekend, but there are still games that have happened, obviously, since the last Bruins game, uh, right up until the day before all of those festivities start. So. Um, the NHL isn't on break, even though we are, but we'll dive right in. I'm just going to set the table for our chat this week. We had, uh, obviously, a handful of games um, that we'll kind of talk about a little bit, the things we loved, the things we didn't love. Uh, I, of course, from now until basically the end of this season, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Brad Marchand and his uh, milestone mania of things that he is doing this season, all the records he's breaking and passing. Um, so we're going to be keeping an eye on that. Remember uh, the first week after, sorry, the second week after the all-star break, he'll be facing his 1000th game. So it's very, very exciting. Big news there. Huge um, freaking milestone for any athlete. Anyway, 1000 games. It's just it's massive. Uh, Mind boggling. Yep. Yeah. Especially in a sport where, you know, they could just, it could be over in an instant to one too many concussions of, you know, knee injury, knees, hips, hip, whatever. Hip. Yeah, exactly. Um, but besides all that great stuff, you know, we want to acknowledge some of this breaking news that's been coming out over the last week or so. And it's really starting to come to a head and will come to a head uh, on Monday. February 5th, um, when the London, Ontario Police Department uh, plans to host a press conference um, around the Hockey Canada 2018 um, incident that has been kind of brewing in Canada. You know, if you haven't been paying attention, um, it's been a growing story and they will be announcing the formally the five players who are going to be basically, I mean, I guess, arrested uh, and convicted at this point. Um, and those five players per TSN and The Athletic are um, Hart, Foot, McLeod, Dubé, and Formington, um, four of whom are current NHL players. So we are keeping an eye on that because it's a pretty horrific story. 
Um, we are a, a, a women's led hockey talk program. And um, this is a pretty significant issue that's going on. And we want to keep you informed as well. So stay tuned. It's awful news. It's not something we all love to talk about, but have to recognize it because it's a huge issue within the hockey culture. So it's just a huge issue in civilization. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is just very briefly, these players who Carolyn named are being accused of a sexual assault on a woman. And if these allegations are proven to be true, and I believe Mm -hmm. that they are, Mm -hmm. then none of these players should ever, ever set foot on any ice arena ever again. The word scumbags come to mind if the facts are proven to be true. Agreed. Yep. So stay tuned. We will be sharing all the info that we hear about it as well. Um, But that being said, let's talk about the Boston Bruins. We saw them play on the 24th against kind of a new old rival, not a traditional rival in the Carolina Hurricanes. But as I like to say, the Hurricanes have kind of been a thorn in the Bruins side for a number of years. Um, And that was a loss. Now, keep in mind, it was a regulation loss and we have not seen very many regulation losses. I want to say that they've they've only been two um, since Christmas. So, you know, trying to keep things in perspective, but the quality of the game, um, kind of questionable. What were your thoughts, Maria? Well, you know, my, 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 my first takeaway from this game is I want nothing to do with the Carolina Hurricanes in the playoffs. (laughs) I, I, I just, You know, when you instinctively feel something about a team Mm. and for some reason, there's something about this Carolina Hurricanes team that is like kryptonite of some sort for the Boston Bruins, you know, and, and the other, other takeaway, we'll, we'll get to like plays and goals, but Rob Brindamore (laughs) needs to stop his bitching and barking at reps. I know it pays off for him because the refs are oh yeah stupid enough to fall for it, but he acts like his team never commits an infraction, mm-hmm. and every infraction should be called on the opposing team. You know, it's it's yeah. it's a strategy that's been working for him for years, mm-hmm. and you would think at this point that someone up above in you know whatever ivory tower that NHL head official sit would have figured it out by now, but no, no, he still gets away with it. But you know, this game for me was a little bit frustrating in that, you know, the Bruins seemed to struggle with maintaining puck possession. Yeah. Throughout the the course of this game, they, they had some push um, in, in the third period, but, um, they they also had 18 freaking giveaways in this game. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, you know it what? was sluggish. And your power play, when you're playing a team like this 
and you get those rare power play opportunities, Mm -hmm. uh, you got to take advantage of them. You've got Mm -hmm. to take advantage of them. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, I forget that Carolina isn't actually in the division. Um, I just I don't know. Just as a side rant, I, I wish that they would reorganize the teams, but I'm also glad that they're not in the division <laughs> because the style of play that Carolina comes out with is it's so different than the Bruins. Um, you know, I jokingly call the Bruins style of play like this old man hockey. They like to slow it down and take control and force teams to play their game, which like they should. Right. That's that's their whole ma- mantra you know, play your game, it'll happen. But with some of these really, I don't know if I would call the Carolina team young, but they play like a young team in that they've got really high energy. They're a little frenetic. They're, they're all over the place and it can, it can cause a team like the Bruins to kind of find themselves flat footed. I saw that a little bit when they played against Detroit this year. Because that's also like a very, very high energy speed. team. Teams yeah. that have speed are problematic for our Boston Bruins. Yeah. And like, you know, the Bruins don't have to match their speed and their frenetic energy, but they need to figure out how to force those teams to slow down and play their game. And they just can't seem to, I don't know, quite figure that out i mean fortunately if the playoffs were to start you know this week bruins wouldn't be seeing carolina for a stretch if at all so i mean there's the one thing but you know carolina's not the only team that plays with that kind of energy so it took them a while to come back to life and realize yeah, what's oh yeah. <laughs> we need to be more participatory in this game yeah. now unlike, unlike the bruins um carolina capitalized on two power play yep. opportunities yep and in the third period monty the mad scientist as we like to call him um moved trent frederick up to play with charlie coyle and brad marchand which was a stroke of genius Mm -hmm. Um, For this game, because in in this then two minutes in, I believe, in the third period, um, Marshy gets the Bruins on the board. Lindholm um, pinched, uh, had a successful pinch this time, (laughs) kicked the puck in deep, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) Trent Frederick um, won a puck battle along the boards and, you know, dishes off to Marshy, who's basically left alone, and he Mm -hmm. tucks it past Martin. So that made it two to one. And then six minutes later, the captain does it again. This time on some beautiful tic-tac-toe passing between Freddie and Charlie Coyle. And he picks Mm -hmm. up a rebound and, you know, buries it and it's two-two. As good as all of that was and all the hard work to tie the game up, Lindholm. Got caught deep in the offensive zone, and Martinook takes off with the puck and puts it past Linus on the glove side. I think it was a little bit of a leaky goal. I think Linus thought it was a little bit of a leaky goal. Uh-huh. And there you have it. That was three to two. Yep. Yeah, I, I do wish 
that some of those line changes um, had happened just a little bit earlier, um, maybe even in the second period. But, you know, to Monty's credit, He's not always changing the lines all the time, right? Because if he if that were the case, he would have changed them even earlier in the game. So, you know, I, I think he's trying to find that balance of when do I like how much slack do I give the guys in their current configuration to figure it out before I have to step in and make those changes, you know? Yeah, he's yeah. he he seems to be. Um, given how he was mixing things up at the start of the season, which I get, maybe trying to figure out who's working with who. But mm-hmm. then even when we thought we were like saying, hey, listen, I wish you'd be, you know, just like, can you settle on some lines here? And and <laughs> so he he did. He did. Yeah. So they've had a steady, steady course. Yeah. Steady course. But in this instance, you know, moving Trent Frederick up with, Coyle and Marchand for the, for that particular game, um, paid paid off. So mm-hmm. you know cre- credit to him. But here's here's the advice I want to give him, and mm-hmm. I'm giving it to him now, Monty. If you're listening to our podcast, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give it to you again before the playoffs start. Okay, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Yep. Don't second guess yourself if things are working the way they're supposed to. That's all I'm yeah. going to say. And I think I have faith that he's going to he's going to listen to himself more than talking heads because I really do feel that, you know, to just Last season and what happened in the playoffs there, I mean, there had to be a huge element of the influence of the talking heads, whether that's Boston sports media or, you know, even people within the organization. I mean, for crying out loud, I distinctly remember an episode of Morning Brew leading into the playoffs, like the playoffs hadn't quite started yet, but the regular season was over. And I've and I'm pretty sure it was Razor who even said he's, you know, yeah, you alternated goalies, but obviously you're only going to pick one. And I'm pretty sure if he were asked the same question or when they have that conversation, you know, in a few months, that's not what he's going to say. <laughs> because I think that that proved that Monty should trust his in- instincts. And like, yes, playoffs are a different beast, but you can't change the machine. If it was working fine, like you said, then don't fix it. Like you raise the intensity level, but don't don't stop <laughs> what you were doing before. So yeah, I agree. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about that um, <laughs> because you know, if, if, if this team is, if this team doesn't make the playoffs, then we've all been fooled all season long uh, i know so, right it, yeah. it, it's just a question of of you know where where they fall where mm-hmm. they fall but it yep. would take a colossal collapse yeah. Yeah. for this team not to make the playoffs and i just don't see it Unlikely. i just don't see it happening yes mm-hmm. um so then we get to the game in ottawa Ugh, that was uh, a weird I, like 
I don't know. I, I, <laughs> just, <laughs> it was a heck of a game. I mean, to kind of lay it out, you know, first of all, let, let's talk about the, the, the most exciting part of the game, which was Alex Faust was back calling him, and we love him. I love him. And you know what? If, 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 and when Jack decides to sail off into, you know, the broadcasting sunset, this guy is going to work so seamlessly with Andy Brickley. He actually lets Andy Brickley talk (laughs) and complete his thoughts which makes the flow of the game so much more entertaining. And Andy Brickley knows what he's talking about. I have learned so much from the handful of games that Alex Faust has called because of the things that Brick has said. And what I love about Brick, like, I don't have a problem with Jack's enthusiasm for the Bruins and like clear bias towards like, I don't have a problem with that. I'm totally fine with that. But I appreciate Brick because when he says that something is, he uses such good words too. Like I'm not going to do it justice, but unacceptable on the ice Mm-hmm. You better sit up and listen and pay you attention. Better take notice, right? Because right. it's pretty right. serious what he's saying. Uh, and those are the instances when I've learned a lot about the game of hockey that I'm, uh, you know, I, I thought I kind of knew pretty much all that there are basics, you know, of the, the game that I would need to know to be a good fan. And I've learned so much, and I love the back and forth, and I love listening to him, and they just work so well together. So that was the high of this game because, and and quite frankly, it was probably good that Jack wasn't there because he probably would have died of an aneurysm watching this game <laughs> with the amount of com- asinine calls out there by the officials. Like completely asinine calls. Asinine is right. I don't know how many more freaking times over the course of this NHL season, that we have to address the unmitigated mm-hmm. abomination mm-hmm. that NHL officiating has become. Yep. Look, I get that the, it's difficult, okay? There's no denying that. But if you don't have the appropriate caliber and requisite experience of officials who can keep up, Mm-hmm. Keep up with the speed and the skill of the players that are on this ice. What the hell are we doing? That's yeah. number one. Mm-hmm. When What is it going to take for this league that we love to frigging fix this problem? Yeah, because it wasn't an issue of, you know, calling every single penalty because that's a whole other issue, right? This was just gross incompetence and not just one-sided, but like just really like getting it actually straight up wrong. And there was one instance where it certainly went in the Bruins' favor. I'm 
the the goal that was disallowed. Granted, this this particular set of officials weren't even communicating the reasoning behind their calls. They didn't give anybody a friggin' explanation. Not a single one. You know, and certainly, you know, your standard trip slash whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like those don't um those don't come with extra commentary, right? Like they just go up and they do the sim the the signal and they're like, oh, trip, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But you know, there were two instances that uh, traditionally, I would say 99.9 times out of 100, <laughs> you get a little bit of a narrative or an explanation. The first being um, the puck that went out that was very clearly a delay of game. In fact, the linesman, there was a linesman who called it. And then for some strange reason, they decided to talk about it. Um, and then also the the goal that was taken away. Uh, I don't even know that they really spent a ton of time discussing. I can't even remember. They must have looked at it, but they looked at it for a hot second. Uh, and they just called it off. And I, I, I just have not 100% sure. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I should know if it was supposed to be called off. I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. No, because they didn't explain anything. No. They didn't explain anything. Do, mm -hmm. do they think that the rest of us can't comprehend or understand? Like, isn't that part of their job? And here, here's the other thing that I'm sick and tired of, okay? When other teams, when the opposing team sees how the officiating is going to go, and then yeah. every time they take a dive or they fall down, they're looking over at the official like, hey, yeah, you going to make a call? You going to make a call? Okay. Yep. I mean, that was the other thing. There was a dis I thought there was a discussion potentially for embellishment, but maybe that wasn't. Because, again, they didn't communicate. And, like, in this case, I would almost wonder like did were they all new did you forget that that's part of the game because you have to like especially if you're going to take a goal away because even um i think it was brick was talking in in game when it was happening at first he's like oh it was uh you know batted in with the hand and then they're watching it in slow motion he's like oh no are they going to maybe call that a hand pass so they're not sure so like I don't know. I, without the explanation, was looking at it and I'm like, eh, I think it may have been a good goal. But uh, what a bunch of ass but clowns then, this crew you, was. Just a bunch of ass clowns. Absolutely. And, you know, when 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 Andy Brickley, okay, mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. this this was his quote <laughs> in the second period yeah. of the game. This is this, and he's referring to the penalties and the and and the calling of some of these penalties. Yeah, this is turning into a joke tonight. Yeah. Then later on, he says the refereeing is indefensible. Yep. The those are huge expressions. Okay. Huge Monty's words. face looked like he was ready to explode. Yeah. Then I listened to the Morning Brew podcast. Mm -hmm. between Billy Jaffe and Andrew Raycroft after this game. And Billy Jaffe indicated that there were senior NHL referee officials in the building 
watching the game because there were some some of these officials were young and inexperienced. I hope they threw up in their mouths watching <laughs> what was happening during the course of that game. One team gets six penalties and the other team only gets one. Yeah. And like, by no means were the Bruins completely uh, innocent of innocent. all calls. But I'm going to say at least half of those were garbage calls. And what irritated me the most was after that disallowed goal, part of me wonders if they realize they made a mistake in disallowing that goal because almost immediately afterwards, Ottawa goes on a power play and they score a power play goal on something that was a a non-call, cost the Bruins a goal, almost seemingly to make up for the bad goal takeaway. What an that was my impression. What a, it's just again, and 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 if this was the first instance that we we have encountered or experienced, because we're not alone. This this is not a problem exclusive to the Boston Bruins. Okay, right. this is a problem that is exclusive. And you know what? I don't want to hear that you have young and experienced officials. I, no, then they shouldn't be out there on the ice. They mm-hmm. should not be out there on the ice. Or they should be I'm at least sorry. in the minority. Then you should be having Toronto, okay? When you have a crew such as that, okay? You should be having the guys up in, in Toronto watching that game with a fine-tooth freaking call. Yeah. And overturning some of this bullshit. Yeah. And the other thing, you know, I'm I'm going to criticize the Ottawa Senators as a team, because I thought in general, their play, the way that they approached the game was also unprofessional and quite frankly, shameful and not the caliber of a legitimate team. You know, the Boston Bruins showed up to play NHL level hockey. The Ottawa Senators are not in good shape. You know, their their organization is a mess. Is a mess. Um, yep. You know, and whether or not they're rebuilding it, it they're, they're basement dwellers. And it seems like, well, we can't play. They approach this game as we can't play an NHL level game against the Bruins. So we're going to do every, you know, cheap thing, uh, poor sportsman thing that we can possibly get away with. And I think that Stutzler was a perfect example of them trying to pull this kind of garbage because they know they can't compete against the Bruins. And so their only, you know, ace up their sleeve is to try to get away with crappy playing behavior that ultimately gets the Bruins in trouble and in the hopes that the Bruins will get overly frustrated or any team really, but it's not unique to the Bruins, but hoping that their opponent will get overly frustrated and then just, you know, take penalty after penalty after penalty because they're getting pissed off. I was chatting with our friend of the pod, Anna, and she said that amongst Detroit Red Wings fans, Stutzla is known as the Olympic diver because <laughs> the man 
Did just, he play for the Canadians ever? Because that seems to be where they initially learn. Yeah. The, so the I, I mean, I don't know. He's European. They love soccer. It's a very soccer play <laughs> activity. You know, the dive, the embellishment, whatever. Um, and but so, of course, what? it makes it, the officials look foolish when because they're that. falling for this ridiculous call the embellishment. Call the right. embellishment. Right. Right. So, you know, and, and since then I've, I've been presented with a, a large number of examples of Stutzla behaving this way. I mean, just recently they played uh, Nashville and UC Saros goes to make the save, sticks his leg out as part of the save. Stutzla just keeps going and falls over his leg. And Saros is the one that gets the tripping call. It's the most outrageous thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so like, I don't know what this. That's how I think the Ottawa Senators are behaving right now. And I think for an NHL team to be behaving in this way is unacceptable and shameful. And they should be ashamed that they are stooping to this level in order to attempt to win games this way instead of the legitimate way of actually playing a hockey game. But well, they're, that's they're just my opinion. The officials give them. Yeah, right? I, I agree with you. It's like getting awarded for bad behavior, right? Right. Being rewarded for bad behavior. What the officials are giving them. So mm-hmm. why not use that to your advantage? Mm-hmm. It's just like when Rod the Bod bitches at. Oh my God. They're just like enough already. <laughs> okay. They don't want to keep hearing them. So they're going to start giving, you know, to shut them up, out, shut them up, handing mm-hmm. out penalties. You know, it's just, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's not becoming of the game of hockey. Mm-hmm. And, but the bigger, the bigger problem is, is that this is, this is ineptness. That has been, um, you know, it's it started to reach um, a peak last season, but now we're we're at a, a crescendo where it's going to come crashing down on the league if they don't if they don't get a handle on the level of officiating that is on display. Yeah. During during the regular season, and you know, if I was Brad Marchand when I scored that overtime winner against mm. Ottawa. I would have given a middle finger salute to the officials as I skated around the rink. Yep. Everyone, I think we were saying in the Discord, they were going to do a pass the hat around in the locker room uh, to pay for Monty's fine for really laying into into the officials, like in in his post-game interview. (laughs) You should just let him have it and they'll pass the hat around. I mean, he brought it up, you know, he made a point of pointing out the discrepancy. Yeah. But, you know, the other thing is that that is so disruptive to the flow of a game. You know, when you can't have your set lines and then you're taxing your penalty killers, who, who by the way, need to also take regular shifts during the game. Yeah. How are you supposed to play a 60-minute hockey game when right. not only are you, you battling the opponent, you're battling the zebras. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a game. Uh, I will say that there were probably more Bruins fans in the stands than senators fans. Yeah, so just like yeah. how um, Arizona, their, their uh, rink is TD garden West. Uh, the Ottawa senators rink arena in that case is TD garden North. <laughs> 
I mean, you could hear the the chants and the cheers. Um, no, you could hear it clearly coming through the TV, which was which was awesome. Yeah, and you know, so, folks, the it, what, the Bruins did win. They won it in overtime. Brad Marchand again. Th- this guy has been such a, a tremendous leader thus far this season. Just unbelievable the way yeah. he's carried himself on the ice and and off the ice. But with his overtime winner, he scored his 396th NHL yep. goal, and he passed Ray Bork for fifth place on the Bruins' all-time scoring list. Just, yep. it's it's just incredible. Um, this is what such what a massive he's become. Yeah. So yeah, just you know, speaking of um, of Marshy, because um, you know he had two pretty big games, um, in spite of the fact that they didn't win the Carolina game. Um, he's the reason why they had that fighting chance at the very end uh, yes. in that third yep. period. He's the reason why. And he showed once again for the millionth time, time. why he is uh, the captain of the Boston Bruins. Um, so as a quick little rundown of updating where he is on all of his key stats. As I said, I would touch on in when we set the table, he is currently at 996 games played. Um, He is 396 goals. So he's in fifth place. He's got to catch Rick Middleton at 402, which I think he could do that this year. Um, He could very well do that this year. And, uh, if he has as stellar of a season next year as he's having right now, like this year he is having one hell of a goal-scoring season, he could even pass his good friend Patrice Bergeron by the time he retires. Uh, that is well within reach. Um, assists, we've got 513, which puts him in eighth place. He's right behind Wayne Cashman, who sits at 516. Um, so he's closing in on that. Um Points, he's in fifth place at 909. He's gonna be sitting there in fifth place for a little while because Espo's got that 1012 mark. Um, that one's gonna be a, a stretch, although not totally out of the realm of possibility. His plus minus, he's now remember, because that's a number that's gonna be fluctuating while, as long as he's an active player. Um, but he's currently in fifth place with 299, so he's passed his good buddy there, uh Bergeron. Um my other favorite one that we will be keeping an eye on, of course, is his penalties. Um, he's at 1024 in PIMS, um, and he's quickly approaching Ted Green and likely will. Uh, Ted Green holds the eighth place with 1029, so you know he's going to be passing that. Um, and then even strength goals, he is solidly in third place uh, at 283, but again... Phil Esposito at 289, he's going to be landing himself in second place for even strength goals. Obviously, Johnny Busick at 384. That's not going to be touched for any time soon, except for probably David Pasternak, who's going to give him a run for his money because David Pasternak is in sixth place right now for that. Uh, Power play goals, uh, Brad Marchand is at 79 which is ninth place he's one behind ken hodge at 80 uh and there's a little bit of a gap um from there to rick middleton at 102 so we'll see how that one hands lands out obviously 
Brad Marchand is the leader in shorthanded goals, has been for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, and game-winning goals. Because uh, cause Brad had one. Um, I suppose an overtime goal is considered a game winner, right? I would, uh, so. I would think so. Uh, so he's at he's in fourth place with 76 game winning goals, one behind Phil Esposito, who has 77 and Patrice Bergeron, who is in second place at with 81. Um, so it's a very exciting uh, time to be a Boston Bruins fan, to be watching some some history records really start to fall. Um, that's exciting. I love it. Um, and I'm going to go out on a limb here hmm. and say that by the time he ends his career, hmm. Brad Marchand, whenever he decides to do that, which I hope isn't anytime too soon, um, he's going to be one of the greatest Bruins in history. Yes. He's going to be right up there as one of the greatest Bruins, all-time yeah. Bruins in history. I'm very excited for the day when they retire 33, 37, and 63 um, because these that's the modern era of Boston Bruins. And I don't, I, yeah, I haven't seen a number retiring of someone that I actively watched. I mean, older than childhood, right? Like, I mean, there's Cam Neely, but I mean, I was a kid, so it doesn't really count, I don't think, you know? Um, so those are going to be exciting times, and I hope that the Bruins don't drag their feet. Uh, they're notorious for taking forever on that, and it's irritating, <laughs> to say no, the least. They're, they're not notorious, and here's where my cynicism <laughs> with respect to the Jacobs family comes in. <laughs> If there is a way for them, that family, to monetize, <laughs> yes, that is when, it. <laughs> yes, that is when it will happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, part of me wouldn't be surprised if, even with Chara, they were holding off because they knew the 100-year celebration was coming up. So they want to make all the money they can out of the hundred years, and then they can do the Chara year, and then they can do the Bergeron year, and then they can do the Marchand year. Like I can see how they would do that. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, and you know, it, it's a very valid point, and I'm sure yeah. that's part of of the rationale, you know, because uh -huh. this is such a special season with celebrating, you know, all of these, you know, hundred year era teams throughout uh -huh. the course of the season. Where, yeah. where, where would you put a celebration right. of the magnitude of retiring the numbers of, you know, potentially 33 and 37? You notice how we're not bringing uh -huh. Tuca up in this discussion because that is a hot button topic. Yeah, I know. Very controversial. Hot button topic there. We, <laughs> but that's we, not what we're here to talk about. No. no <laughs> we got sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're going off topic. Um, the Bruins went into the all-star break. Um, their, their last game before they went into break was against the Philadelphia Flyers who've been, you know, playing surprisingly well Yeah, under John Tortorella. Yep. Not much to say about this game other than no. I may have a crush on John Tortorella. Ah! You know, it's a love hate relationship. Like 
I have such a love-hate relationship with, with torts. You know this. Our listeners have heard me say this. Like, I just don't understand the man. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, though, but when when you hear and you see some of oh, yeah. this post-game stuff. Oh, I love it. It's like, how can you not, how can you not have a mm-hmm. crush on this guy? So oh, I love it. They, they got, they the Flyers got spanked oh, by yeah. the Bruins. Six to two. No, it no. Was never really again. Okay. No notes. <laughs> We're not even going to, okay. Here's what do we need to talk about? You. They were amazing, right? right? Here's what I'm going to tell you. The Flyers are in big trouble <laughs> without Carter Hart, okay? okay? And he's one of the players involved in that, you know, disgusting situation um, mm-hmm. in, in London, Ontario. But yeah. they are in big trouble without mm-hmm. him. And I don't think they're ever, they're going to see him anytime soon. So, no. um, but his... Tortorella's post game when he was being asked about it. Now I'm going I'm going to backtrack a little bit in that um, there was a story that was um, precipitated by a writer who covers the team that basically accused Kevin Hayes, who was a former flyer who is now with the St. Louis blues mm-hmm. of um, basically blackballing the Philadelphia Flyers to their number one draft pick. And this story, so basically Kevin said to their number one draft pick, allegedly, yeah, you don't want to go play there. You don't want to be part of that organization, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And it, it prompted Kevin Hayes to receive not only death threats against him, but against his family. When John Tortorella found out about it, and he he spoke in defense of his former player. Now, folks, there was no love lost between right. John Tortorella and Kevin Hayes. That right. was just not, you know, a good coach player. But there's one thing about John Tortorella that is undeniable, that is consistent when people talk about him. He cares mm-hmm. about his players, and he's loyal to his players. Yeah. He defended and said there's absolutely no truth to any of this. So during a post-game media scrum, Mm -hmm. the same writer who wrote this story about Kevin that was full of mistruths, Mm -hmm. he tried to ask Tortorella a question, and Tortorella (laughs) ripped into him the likes of which I wish more coaches would, would do. With, with some of these writers. Yeah. So fast forward to the post game against the Bruins. Now yep. they've just gotten hosed six to two. This very same reporter tries to ask John Tortorella a question and Tortorella starts to answer, looks at the guy and basically says, wait a minute, are you the same guy that, Talk to me, ask me about Kevin. Yeah, I'm not talking to you. I'm not answering any of your questions. And went on to the next reporter. I love this man. I love yeah. this man. Yeah. I I I have a res- I have a respect for him in that I disagree, I think, with some of like his system. And maybe his approach inside the locker room and how he gets things out of his players. However, he is a professional in the sense that 
he can recognize, okay, this player, this player, this player, they wanted out because they didn't buy into his system. They didn't want to participate in his system. And he can respect that and not permanently hold it against them. So the fact that he can look at a situation that involves Hayes and say, he's a good guy. We didn't get along. He didn't want to play in my system, but he's a good person. Like to me, that uh, demonstrates um, tremendous professionalism and emotional intelligence that I think many people lack. Um, And the fact that he's not willing to allow this guy who tried to backtrack and say, you know, I believe his quote, the quote that's kind of going around to that writer, podcaster, writer, whatever he is, you know, he was quoted as saying like, oh, this has Kevin Hayes's fingerprints all over or whatever. And like, I think we we're not stupid. We all know what he meant, which was. Kevin Hayes was directly the reason why this guy decided to leave Philadelphia. And he tried to backtrack it and say, well, well, no, you know, he wanted to leave. Right. Yeah. He was trying to say like, no, you know, it was similar to the Kevin Hayes situation because, you know, they gave the same reason or they had the same experience. And it's like, dude, that's not what you said. You implied that Kevin Hayes was the reason why this guy decided to leave. First of all, Not only is it disrespectful to Kevin Hayes because like it's a straight up lie about Kevin Hayes, but it's also disrespectful to the guy who decided he wanted to leave. Like what? He's not a grown ass adult who can't make a decision about his own career and decide where he wants to play on his own. Give me a break. So I, I appreciate when torts can behave like that. And the guy, like when he, when he, shows publicly his his i mean i would almost want to call it like good-heartedness um it's almost like a dichotomy to witness because um i don't know if you remember this a number of years ago i was watching a game it must have been against the bruins because i don't know why the heck i was watching a game against uh, maybe it wasn't even philadelphia maybe it was when he was with columbus who knows he had this massive bruise on his head. And the reason why he had this big bruise on his head was because he had gotten kicked in the head by a horse or a donkey or oh, something. Yes. yes. Because I this man also has a farm for rescued farm animals. Yeah. yeah. What? That was, yeah. What? So it's, he surprises me. Like sometimes I think, man, the environment you foster in your locker rooms is not healthy. It's not, it's toxic. Like you can't talk to guys like this, but then he also shows that he respects people. I'm like, I don't know what to think about you torts. I don't know what to think about you. Oh my God. I'm so torn. <laughs> Listen, you know, and, and you, you can go on YouTube and pull up like a whole montage of, you know, John Tortorella oh unleashed, which is, is, it's fantastic entertainment, folks. If you're ever bored, just, you know, po- search on Tortorella and he's just, he says the things that likely every other coach in the league wants to say. Now, granted, mm-hmm. he was racking up fines 
the likes of which, you know, none of us have seen in a long time. And I think at one point he was basically like, listen, told you got either you stop or you're done. So he's been a bit more subdued, which is unfortunate because I think the league could use a little bit more of, Mm -hmm. you know, John Tortorella, like fieriness Mm -hmm. in in the game. Right. Yeah. Um, So I, I find it entertaining. I find it enjoyable. There were sometimes I wish that some of our local coaches would go off as Mr. Tortorella does. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's sometimes well worth the fine that you get to make a point. Right. They have the platform. They, Mm -hmm. this stuff gets back to league officials or else they wouldn't get fined if the league didn't hear about it. Right. Yep. 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 So, uh, obviously no notes with the flyers. Like I said, uh, that was just it was amazing yeah four goals on the board yeah it was fantastic so the next thing that we get to see in terms of any of our uh favorite bruins is the all-star game which is coming up um it's it's an all-star game now, let, uh, and just a just a little bit of housekeeping with respect to yes. that so there, there are still nhl games scheduled right. there's, um, there's a game tonight or games there's tonight. a game tonight up until i believe february first wednesday night thursday night yeah it's right up until the night before yep. um so um, the bruins this the the bruins have no games because this was their regularly scheduled bye week this right. is something that was implemented i forget how many seasons ago it was i do like the idea right one of the cba uh, agreements right of the CBA maybe, maybe or something yeah yeah so the the bruins timing is is very good they're likely if they're not already there they should be there you know in the bahamas in the turks and caicos on vacation on vacation except for well Maybe well, no, they got a week. They could get yeah, almost Monty a week, Sway, five days. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten some time um, to just put their feet up and uh, have some fun in the sun, hopefully, before they uh, go off to, <sighs> is it? Uh, Freeze their butts in Toronto. Is that where they're going? It's I, in I Toronto. It's, <laughs> it's awful. I'm so anti-All-Star game. You can talk about this all you want, my friend. <laughs> I... The only thing that I particularly am excited for is uh, Thursday night, um, the PWHL is having a showcase event, three-on-three of their best players. I highly recommend people watch it. I am pleasantly surprised at the level of commitment for promotion that the NHL has shown. Um, I don't know if if it's like that at the league level or if it's like this um, in other markets where there are PWHL teams, but I have noticed um, Nesson has done a phenomenal job of promoting the local, the Boston team. So, um, you know, I, I think this is great. I hope in the future at some other all-star games, they'll do what they did. I can't believe it was quite a few years ago now when um, they invited Kendall Coyne 
to the skills competition and she participated in the the speed skating one and she did not finish last. So, um, you know, they're going to do that three on three showcase event on Thursday. Everyone should com- totally watch. Check it out. I mean, there's generational talent there. You're seeing some future Hall of Famers. Uh, then it's the stupid mock draft, which like we're not going to talk right. about that because that's just awful and painful to watch. And then Friday is my only favorite part of the all-star game. And I'm always bummed because it's like after bedtime and I would love for my daughter to watch this, but she's already in bed because she's only seven. Um, The skills competition, I think is a lot of fun. You got to take it with a grain of salt. Some of it is very silly. It's meant to be silly. Uh, And if you are offended by any parts of the silliness well then it's clearly those parts are not for you like this yeah we can't help you (laughs) yeah i'm like it's not every element of everything that the nhl puts out is for everyone at every moment so you know i like it i think that's the fun part and then you know the games on saturday whatever like that's just a stupid pointless game and it's not fun anymore because it used to be much more fun no, nobody's going to play any defense. No one's going to hit anybody because no, no one wants to be responsible for right. injuring a key player on someone else's right. team. So, And it doesn't have any meaning, which like, by no means, please, nobody take what I'm about to say as a change that I would like to see implemented. However, in other sports, uh, notably baseball, I don't know about the other, I don't know about basketball, but well, the M- the NBA had to pay their players to take this in-season tournament series. Oh, interesting. Well, because the NHL will fine you if you don't participate. You can get in trouble. But well, the, get the suspended. All- yeah, right. You get suspended for your next regular season game if you right. don't show up. Because Alex Alex Ovechkin has you, done that. Yeah. Has done that. I think Sidney Crosby may have done it last season as well, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. But in the M- MLB, the All-Star game actually dictates who has home field advantage in the world the world series yeah yeah now i'm not saying this is something we should do in the nhl however like at least they're playing for something that actually matters because i will say as a an average american uh watching a bunch of guys who make five times, probably at minimum five times my salary, if not a hundred times my salary, compete for a million dollars. In today's day and age, in 2024, that I find so offensive. (laughs) I'm like, first of all, and then when they're going for the car, I'm like, David Pasternak does not want to drive a Honda CRV. What the hell am I watching? I'm pretty sure he actually gave it away uh, in one of the uh, behind the bees uh, episodes for some charity event. Yeah, it's 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 what I refer to as pretty cheesy. I mean, I hate it. The uh, the other leagues, um, you know, I guess they should not be trying to win money when the average American is struggling to buy groceries. But anyways, I digress. I Um, so watch it don't watch it neither of us can particularly recommend any element of it except for the thursday night pwhl three on three showcase um if you want to peek <laughs> in on the skills competition folks it's that could be also five, entertaining 
Friday night at 7 p.m. The actual yep. game itself um, will happen at 3 p.m. on um, Saturday, Saturday of this uh, coming weekend. And if you're expecting a breakdown of this game during one of our pods, you're going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> so, Right. Um, around the rink, some other interesting things uh, that have happened. Um, I think we were all thrilled to see our favorite New York Ranger, Jacob Truba, finally get a suspension for some of his BS behavior. What, been it, what does it take? An elbow? Is that what happened? Oh, my God. It was like nothing compared to what he did to Trump. Compared, Red to, yeah. It's like I, I, this. This is where, like, again, call me a homer. Call me. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. But this is, again, a reactionary thing. Mm-hmm. If you had just suspended this guy. When he used a stick in Trent Frederick's face as a weapon, okay, we'd be done with this. We wouldn't exactly. give a you-know-what. Exactly. That he finally got suspended. But no. glad that it finally caught up to him. And you know I, what? The Rangers are reeling right now anyways. I don't know what's are. going on with them, but they're reeling. This just adds to yeah. that, um, that, you know swirl that they're on right now yeah because Cheadle's taken a step back in his recovery and his um concussion issues like they're they're on the scale I mean every every good team in the NHL you know the Bruins aren't alone we have talked about this before when the Bruins went on a several game skid you know everybody else then has had the same thing happen to them at some point this season so it's just interesting to watch um so for our next episode because the players are all on vacation. Um, we are going to do a little bit of a midterm grade evaluation. You've heard us kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, we are going to consider looking at all of the NHL goal um, awards that get handed out at the end of the year. If we were to hand out equivalent awards at this point in the season, um, we're going to be considering that. So. Out there in the social world, uh, X, Twitter, Mastodon, wherever, join our Discord. Tell us what you think. If you want to make a case for uh, any particular player, we are always willing to listen. Um, But we're going to be releasing that kind of uh, special episode uh, next week. So, you know, think about it. Who would be winning uh, the MVP? for the Bruins who's our seventh player at this point who's most consistent or who's old reliable most healthy winner yeah best defenseman who's our Calder winner for the Bruins right right and seventh player award and 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 just just a public service announcement with respect to the Bruins seventh player award folks Mm -hmm. this is not a popularity contest this is not I'm going to cast my vote for the best looking Bruins on the team. Okay. <laughs> this award is about, okay, the Bruin yeah. who has up to that point in the season, this season, made a contribution that has been significant and surprising and one that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Right. And the surprising piece is kind of that key element 
Um, but also, you know, throw a throw at us. Who's met your expectation? Who's exceeded expectation? Who's been falling short? Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk broadly. We're not gonna talk about every individual player, but we're gonna talk about those different elements. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. So let us know what you think. See if you agree with us or disagree with us. Um, and until then, my goodness, just we're just gonna be sitting in the corner twiddling our thumbs because we have no hockey to watch. <laughs> and and before we wrap up, I had a colleague and a friend of mine yes. at my place of employment who um, indicated that he and others have been listening to the podcast. And he asked if I would, as a way of giving him a shout out, if I would use a particular word during the course of the, the, the recording and weave it in. And try as I might, I am at a loss as to how to incorporate the word Piccadilly into a hockey podcast. So, my <laughs> friend, if you're listening, there's your shout out. I use the word. Thanks for listening. And I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. And even though they're not playing, as I always say at the end of every episode, thanks, Maria. And go bees. Thanks, Caroline. Go bees. <laughs>